Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download from podcast.com, Apple Store, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. This is Anthony the Bull Caruso and one of the biggest turnarounds that has been experienced in recent years in New South Wales Premier Cricket has been the re-emergence of the North Sydney District Cricket Club. One of the oldest clubs in New South Wales Premier Cricket, North Sydney fell on hard times on a performance basis from 2013-14 where they experienced four years in a row in the bottom three of the first grade competition culminating in what could have to be said a very tough showing in 2015-16 where the club also came bottom of the ladder in the club championships with only 283 points. That all changed in 2018-19 when the club made a radical um, change, not only in terms of personnel, but the way that a cricket club operates. The inclusion of the crossweights gave the Bears the best batting lineup of the competition, but it was the partnership with the University of Technology Sydney that allowed the club to really progress forward. The result? UTS North Sydney finished third and sixth in the last two seasons of first grade, and their performance in the club championship has improved substantially, progressing from the bottom of the ladder in 2015-16 to mid-table last year and with ambitions to progress further. It has been an impressive return for the club, and it shows a club that has rediscovered what it takes to have a winning culture. Now, to start with, what better person to go in, to go into, in order to talk about the program partnership than at the very top? He is the president of the UTS North Sydney District Cricket Club and has taken the lead in the resurrection of the Bears themselves. Rob Lavery, welcome to Splinters. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for having us. Now, you only took over a couple of years ago, but under your guidance, we've seen a sort of a radical uh, resurgence, almost a phoenix rising for for the Bears itself. And all of a sudden, there's, there's an energy around the club once again. Yeah, I mean, you're quite right. And I've been at the club through the, the, the very down time that you discussed uh, just before into what is now an incredibly bright um, a bright stage for the club, particularly with our under-21s team, uh, a young under-21s team making the grand final last year. The, the future of the club has um, really, really brightened the last couple of years. And we should mention as well your fifth your fifth grade team that winning a premiership and I believe the first time that North Sydney's won a premiership in a number of years. Yeah, I, I think that was the first one since and you're probably testing me on this. Either eleven, twelve, or twelve, thirteen. We won the one day uh, first grade premiership. Yep, uh, I think it was it's, eleven, twelve actually. Yes, eleven, twelve. There you go. Yeah, so no, it, it was quite a long time. Pat Lindsay and the boys in fifth grade did a magnificent job this year. Uh, fifth grade premierships are, are a challenge. Test the depth of your club, and and they did a terrific job. Albeit, I'm sure they'd rather have played a final series, but that was taken out of everyone's hands. Don't worry, we experienced that in um, in Shires as well, where we um we polled 400 runs on um on Mounties without them batting, mm. and um, we never got to continue the momentum. So. Strong club, oh, Mounties, too. That's a good performance. Yeah, indeed. Um, joining joining Rob tonight is one of the real success stories from UTS North Sydney, a product of the Elite Athletes Program. In his first full season of playing first grade for UTS North Sydney, he scored an impressive 576 runs at an average of 44.31 with five half centuries and one century. And onto that, the 294 runs he scored in Point of Grey and his appearance at the National T20 Championships and it shows the talent that he really does have. He's a product of uh, Roseville and Randwick Petersham. He is one of the real future talents for the Bears and another welcome to Splinters on debut, Jack James. Thank you very much for having me, Anthony. You came from, I guess, you know, just discovering from myself, come from the Warringah uh, Cricket Club, obviously coming from the other side of the bridge. Yeah. And uh, I know early on in your time, you even got to have a taste of that that rivalry of the uh, the Battle of the Bridge. Yeah, I played, uh, gee, it would have been uh, when I was very young for, um, are we talking about Roseville? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm played shies there when I was 13 or 14 um, and I think I managed to score 150 but um, that was actually a really good experience um, being such a young kid and um, being able to play against men. 
Absolutely. Now, the uh, the centerpiece of this elite uh, of this discussion tonight is the elite athletes program, which has allowed the club to be able to tap into amazing resources uh, at the university on a sports and an education perspective. Uh, it has opened up a new avenue of talent for the club, but it has also allowed for the development of a culture that is so crucial in the development of a cricket club. So with that, it's time to start the hard work towards success. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. Now, we're going to get straight in. We're going to get straight into it. And I want to sort of start with yourself, Rob, and really talk about you know, how did um, North Sydney District Cricket Club start this partnership with UTS and the and the EAP, given, of course, that once upon a time, UTS used to have a relationship with the old Balmain Club, now known as um, the Sydney Cricket Club. Yeah, of course. Well, um, we'd happened uh, about about uh, this time, or about two and a half years ago, uh, a committee member who, who has since left our committee but did tireless work for the club, Keith Lawrence, got in conversations with uh, Fudge Achan from, um, from UTS, uh, and Fudge has a connection with the club as well. And basically the, the initial discussions around are we in a position to operate as the elite athlete uh, arm for cricketers at UTS. And frankly, it struck us a, at a good time, a good thing for our members, um, a good thing for, for developing our young players. And those conversations progressed. And, and Keith and the, the president at the time, Dave Graham, uh, did a, a lot of work with with Sam Collis and Liz Brett from from UTS and uh, and we landed a, an arrangement that I think uh, is great for UTS for them to have an elite cricket arm and terrific for us to be able to offer our young players the the opportunity to combine their cricket and their higher education much as as Jack is doing you know at the moment now I want to come to you for the for this one here with this one Jack is the uh, sort of talk about the um, the difference in model that we have, because obviously within New South Wales Premier Cricket, you've got the two, two well, fairly well-known clubs in Sydney University and the University of New South Wales. Can you talk, give us a little bit of a feel about what the difference in model of a club uni partnership as opposed to the university themselves having their cricket clubs? Well, um, I guess from my experience is that... Um it's almost, yeah, you've got Fudge um, with UTS kind of um, working between um, both kind of entities, I guess. So um, you've almost got double the support um, from UTS and from North Sydney. Um, so combining them is um, actually uh, a really positive thing, I feel like, for, for all the players. Um, but, yeah, I've never had much to do with UNSW or Sydney Uni, but I'm guessing you've only got that um, one support base, I guess. Um, but it's, it also kind of um, allows you to, um, if North Sydney, get to know um, other people that wouldn't um, be at the uni. So it's, it's a good uh, mix, uh, I guess, for the players. Now, as we know, um, the the Elite Athletes Program does have other clubs that are involved with this. So, and some of them in, um, that have been involved with the Elite Athletes Program includes uh, UTS's AFL teams that are colloquially known as the Bats, uh, UTS Hockey, uh, the Rugby Sevens. Um, they've now partnered uh, with Gordon, the 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 Stags. Uh, and water polo and volleyball. So I guess one of the questions, the next question I've got here is given the involvement the EAP has with all these other sports, uh, the opportunities potentially to cross-pollinate and learn from best practices and other organisations connected with the EAP. Well, there's there's a lot of opportunities, both from talking to other clubs that, that are affiliated with uh, with UTS, but, but also through the various sports science programs that, that are available at UTS uh, itself. I mean, UTS has the, the building at Moore Park, which has some of the most advanced um, sports science equipment in the world. The The opportunities that are opened up through those sorts of situations are, are amazing, really. And on top of that, the university itself has its graduates and its strength and conditioning um coaches who can come directly into our club and work one-on-one with our players to make sure they're as prepared as possible to succeed. And Jack, do you you have any sort of involvements with any of the other clubs in the program or would you, as a a member of this program, would you be focused on one particular sport? Um, Not 
I guess uh, definitely crossed paths uh, with a lot of the other um, players from the um, or people involved in the elite athlete program. Um, I think the the benefit of having um, the elite athlete gym there um, and access to the um, the activate um, fit gym um, it does allow you to um, meet some different people um, from different sports, um, but also you, you then you do get that knowledge. Um, um, particularly from the UTS kind of strength and conditioning guys, um, and just the facilities that you can um, that you can train because um, they from from experience of not having to um, pay for a gym membership and having the facilities that that there are absolutely first class. So it really is a blessing. Now, of course, the the program itself funded by as you mentioned, Activate um, UTS. Um, but it operates as a sort of a scholarship. So we're talking, you know, the financial assistance that you'll receive, as you mentioned, Jack, the, the free use of the active fit gym, the subsidized fees at the uni games, which back in my time, um, uni games, I think were, how do I, how do I describe it? <laughs> it's an experience. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've had the pleasure of going to those uni games, but um, trying to, trying to balance the the professionalism of wanting to achieve with the social aspect of university um, can be a bit challenging sometimes. Yeah, I've been on uh, two uni games. Um, lucky enough to be involved in the uh, one in 2018 where we where we, we won out at Campbelltown and uh, last year up in Adelaide where we unfortunately made the final and lost to uh, Sydney Uni. But they're definitely a lot of fun and I uh, I think the professionalism is there towards the back end of the, the uni games. Maybe not at the start or the opening night. <laughs> and I think the key is towards the back end as well. Yeah. Um, the, the, the experience that, that I've, I had was that, um, yeah, it, it was, you know, if you survived the first the first um, bit of it, you're doing pretty well. So. <laughs> It's definitely better for the run um, after one uni game, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, as part of this, uh, of course, there is a certain element of uh, requirement for around uh, education. So, so Rob, I mean, with the, the adjustment and the, sort of the, the, the transition of the culture around UTS North Sydney and the fact you've now got a lot of kids coming through. Um, what has it opened up from a club's perspective in terms of developing that pathway for kids, not only to develop their cricket, but also develop their education at a higher level? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's quite crucial from, from two sides of things. Look, it, it helps the club because you get um, talented 16, 17, approaching 18-year-olds who are leaving school who look at grade cricket and think to themselves well am I going to fit this in with my my study workload and they see that the two things can be in under the same roof and it and it really enables them to um, pursue something they enjoy as well as pursuing their studies uh, in terms of the club it does I mean you get high caliber intelligent young people coming through your organization um, already we're seeing uh, some fantastic uh, additional members to the club, volunteers, absolute pillars of the club, who have come through through their connection with with UTS um, from uh, from a range of different places that we might not have otherwise seen them come through come through the club. Uh, I don't think associating with with a, a high level university in Australia really has uh, has too many bad uh, bad effects for the culture of a club. It really lifts it. And I imagine Jack, um, the way that they've structured the the AP, along with your studies, you've got that um, flexibility and the assistance of the university to try and help you through the uh, the studies. I think you were mentioning um, before the show started that you've, you've got the opportunity to extend your degree by an extra year, but the university are working along in hand in hand with you to ensure that you get your maximum effect, not only out of the EAP, but also with your studies. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I went up to. I've been up to the Northern Territory um, and played up there before um, for uh, periods of you know six to eight weeks um, in the past. Unfortunately, I uh, wasn't able to do that this year. Um, but yeah, they were able to help me. Um, you know, uh, assist me by doing some online learning um, and as well as um, pushing back some assessments um, to when I arrived back in New South Wales. 
Um, and not only that, even just um, it can definitely get really busy um, when the cricket season in Sydney starts and you've got um, your final exam around October, November. Um, so just to be, um, I guess, aware uh, and if any there's any like exam clashes, you can always um, go into the alternative exam period. Um, and even for the assignments, um, you know, if you've got training or other commitments, they're, they're really flexible. So, uh, yeah, very lucky to, to have that. And that's definitely got me through a couple of um, assessments just to be able to have an extra week, um, you know, when you've been training really hard um, and also working really hard um, on your assignments or studies. Now, what, to, what to, I- to, Jack's, to Jack's point as well, I mean, we've experienced in the past the bane of students is Saturday exams because they can't play their cricket game. Um, and the good thing about the alignment with UTS is our UTS students can have their exam times moved around to, to fit in with their cricket rather than just having to miss out on rounds during what's a, a season that disappears pretty quickly. Mm. And, and given this current climate with COVID-19, time is an, at an absolute premium when it comes to when it's going to come to this upcoming cricket season as well. Mm. Um, so, But I, I certainly take your point. I was lucky – I guess from my side, I was lucky enough to have um, – when I did my university degree that all of my exams were during the week and there were no exam on weekends, but I know I have plenty of friends who have had to endure the pain that is a Saturday morning exam. And they, they say it's, it's worse than having back to back exams. They find because just trying to motivate yourself to go to a Saturday morning exam, it's just not there. No, no, definitely not. I think that, um, was, that was in unison yeah. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, unfortunate enough to have a Saturday exam um, during the autumn session, so I couldn't get out of that one, and it definitely wasn't fun. Yeah, I can, I can, I can yeah. only imagine. Now, with the with the EAP, is it limited to certain degrees, or can you study any particular um, any degree you want as part of the EAP? There's no real limit to, to the degrees that you can study as part of the EAP. Um, you can look at any of the, the, the faculties at UTS. And it's not just targeted. I mean, Jack happens to be a, an elite cricketer. But it, there are various levels um, that the, the EAP scholarships can apply to um, that aren't all just people who've played under-19s for, for the country or the state. Um, it is a, a broader... Um, possibility that, that it might appear on the surface because you, you're doing um health and sports at at uts as well as part of your your degree jack and um so obviously you've got one of the added benefits that you're involved almost immediately in the in the area of your study but one of the areas i did come across is there was in particular a specialized scholarship they've got with justice family lawyers so the it certainly would be very enticing, say, for kids coming through um, the career club to potentially pick up a scholarship and as part of that even get an internship working for a, a law firm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I guess uh, hopefully someone that's uh, coming through that wants to do law in the future, um, we can sway them to come to the Bears if they're a good cricketer as well. And, and there would be – I guess that's – you talk – as well, Rob, and it was one thing that was very it's very critical from that is talking about the culture you're developing because kids kids that are coming through into the system now, you're now picking up, I guess, a better quality it has to be said, a better quality of of person because these are these are very academically minded people uh, who just happen to be very good at cricket as well. Mm-hmm. Look, I, th- I think it's more about. Uh, offering the ability to go to university for some of our existing players as well, who might not have thought that was the direction to go down. So um, th- there's a there's a few ways in which that happens, but almost more than anything else, if I think about it, the, the cultural aspect is grade cricket is becoming, particularly at the top end of grade cricket, is becoming more and more professionalised. Um, players train like uh, like in a, in a fashion that would have been unimaginable, you know, 20, 25 years ago, and uh, and the thing the university gives us is the ability to create an elite training culture, particularly around that elite athlete gym and the, and the strength and conditioning training. Um, if anything, it, it feeds into a, an advancement of culture into where Sydney grade cricket's going. And that, that's, an, that's a very, uh, very valid point because we've seen 
um, in particular in regards to the professionalism of the New South Wales Premier Cricket Competition. We've seen that evolution over the last um, six, seven uh, years in particular. Um, people realising more and more that this is probably the best club cricket competition in the world. Um, have at you, Melbourne. Um, and <laughs> it's it's a competition that is, is incredibly fierce. And so any opportunity, obviously, to gain that advantage is something that's going to be taken, not only in terms of developing um, better cricketers, but also developing uh, giving people the opportunity to have a, a career. You only need to look at, say, for example, um, Jack, with rugby league, and you look at a generation that's gone past and how many of them based, not only had played rugby league sort of at a semi-professional level but then had a second job, but a lot of them post-career really struggling to make to make a life a living for themselves when they retire. Yeah, I mean... Um for me personally, like um, looking at all the different aspects um, that I can do with, with my degree, um, I mean, there's so many things with my course. Um, I can go and do physio, uh, look at doing PT, um, or I could um, go and do some more one-year courses um, and get a double degree in like sports science or sport media and kind of go down the, the media path or more the, um, uh, you know, well, you'd be welcome, to join, us. You'd be welcome to join us here long term if you want. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe the something. The, the office there. there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, and even um at the moment, you know, looking um, you know, in the next couple of years, um, hopefully the cricket side um keeps progressing and going um really well. But um, if there's a time um where you know on the fringe of um getting a contract to still be able to be working part time in a job, um, especially in the sport business, um, is um, yeah, a big privilege um, with the EAP. Now we're going to be coming up to the um, to our, our main break uh, very shortly. But Rob, I wanted to ask you, uh, along with the the study with that, has there been any sort of other training that's been offered by uh, UTS over and above in terms of the EAP? Um, obviously, we've seen uh, you know, greater awareness of uh, extracurricular training that goes into uh, that goes into a lot of the, the players today. Um, areas like um, areas areas like understanding about mental health, um, physic, general physical health, um, and also pers- and also extra personal development. Um, so one of the areas, as Jack maybe mentioned, sort of media like very basic media training. Um, does UTS allow for the for the kids to take on extra courses? Over and above the, those programs, if they if they wish to expand their horizons, yeah, UTS does provide support in, in a range of the areas that that you outlined, and the ability to uh, develop various skills that uh, with through programs that come up over the course of the year. Um, the the mental health side of things, I think, is is particularly crucial, and it's one that uh, all sports clubs, particularly in the in light of the difficulties everyone's experienced through the COVID pandemic um, that that have become, everyone's focused on how do we look after our players, how do we look after our members and, and the universities, how do we look after their students. So it, it's a combined effort on all these fronts. But what you identified is, is pretty much spot on. The great part about being a, a member of an elite athlete program is there's a range of different um, perhaps uh, non core skills that they can help uh, help the, the the athletes develop as they go through their studies and and their and their sport and I, I can imagine that, that this is something that obviously that you know you're hoping is going to radiate in, into the future uh, it's going to just going to keep you know snowballing um, from that point uh, from that point onwards I note as well that uh, with a couple of uh, rumors and a couple of bits of news that have come up um, it's already uh, claimed a couple of people were going to be coming coming across a great friend of the of Triple H Sports and Splinters, Aidan Barrio, obviously coming across to um, UTS North Sydney this year. A great addition, and Jack, I do believe, and also a uh, a student at UTS. Um, yeah, I was. Um, I've known Baz for uh, a little while now. Um, throughout, I guess the um, uh, the like under 17s and under 19s New South Wales squad. Um, we were both involved, and um, yeah, he's definitely one of the. He'd been probably one of the nicest blokes on the cricket field, and um, very switched on as well. So um, yeah, he'll be 
really good behind the stumps. Definitely um, a really good replacement um, for George uh, last year. He did an amazing job, but um, I guess having someone here um, in Australia and also, um, yeah, not too far away from North Sydney at all uh, will be really good. And I think um, I think what everyone will be surprised with is his batting this year. I think um, he'll be able to really um, take it up a notch from last year and I think he'll be able to score some valuable runs. And um, I'll say that if anyone here is listening uh, listening in and they're looking for a, um, a goalkeeper, uh, you could do a lot worse than Aidan Barriol as well. Of course, he, he for his uh, beloved St Augustine's a um, a very worthy, um, a very solid goalkeeper at that. So, uh, any football fans, if you're listening in there, get, certainly get in touch with Aidan, with Aidan Barriol. So, um, how how have you found the training um, at UTS North Sydney since we've um, since the changeover, since the the development of the EAP? Has there been sort of a um, a, a positive, nuanced change to the way that they train specifically for the cricket club? Uh, I think there's been a, a significant... Uh, the last three seasons and four seasons in particular, um, the the way we train, the facilities we have to train in and uh, and the motivation in training has been lifting and, and part of that is the, the excellent coaching staff we've had over those years and part of that is um, the, the way we've been able to um, benefit from from UTS's additional guidance, particularly on um, the the general sports science side of things. Uh, I think every club is looking to train more effectively, more efficiently, and uh, and looking to make sure that the two nights you get a week with uh, with the the cricketers from first to fifth grade and all you know, to Green Shield as well um, turns them into stronger players mentally as well as uh, skills wise. Have you had a chance to dabble with some of the aspects of sports science uh, with with the training as well? Because as as a as a science nut myself, uh, that would be one that would that would really intrigue me to see how that would operate. Well, uh, so the the first real opportunity was going to be during this off season, and uh, and then COVID meant we couldn't go into any of the labs, so that um, that knocked us back quite badly, unfortunately. So not as yet, but it's. It's it's on the on the horizons and it was planned, but yeah, unfortunately, uh, everyone's had to had to cancel plans this uh, this winter. Well, I might have to uh, take you up on that at some point, maybe even do a follow up of this episode as you guys go into it. We are going to go to our our break, and when we return, it's going to be uh, the second innings of our talk with UTS North Sydney and the Elite Athletes Program. You are listening to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H one hundred point one FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, and available for download from podcast.com, Apple Store, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcasts. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Splinter's Defense Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Available for download from podcast.com, Apple Store, Google Play, TuneIn, and Moises Enriquez's favorite um, app, Spotify. Uh, yes, we are talking with UTS North Sydney and the Elite Athletes Program. And before I get beaten over the head for using that joke one too many times, um, we're going to go back to what we're discussing about some of the um, the, the availability of, of sports science. And I think during the break, Rob, uh, you and you and I were just having a, qu- a quick talk about one of the earlier experiences of, of sports science, which was a show done by Channel Nine for the world's fastest bowler. Um, can we get a bit of a a bit of a hint as to what there may, what sort of studies within that lab might be occurring for some of the plays when you do get the chance to go in? Uh, well, I think biomechanics would be a part of it. Uh, and I think um, measurement of, of forces and, and management of partic- uh, particularly injury management is probably quite a large one. It's a little less sexy than how fast, um, how fast Jeff Thompson bowls, but it's a pretty crucial one, particularly when you're dealing with, with people that are sort of 18 to 20, 21, 22, where stress fractures are a major issue. Um, but as well as that, there'd, there'd be a lot of um, fitness-based uh, diagnostics and, and recording and um, and efficiencies in running and the like. So I think that would be the, the targets. 
and I imagine Jack as well, from your side as well being a, being a batsman in particular one of the biggest challenges you would obviously have is is training yourself to be able to to focus under almost under duress at times or under fatigue especially if you've been batting for a long period of time yeah I think that um, almost comes down to the sports psychology kind of side of things um, and I was actually lucky enough to have studied sports psychology at UTS um, and yeah it's it's very, very helpful, um, particularly for batting, but also, um, you know, I guess the the fatigue kind of thing. Um, it just kind of blessed with the, um, the yeah, the, the trainers and um, the setup at UTS. And even with the bowling, um, I did biomechanics in my first year. And because I'm not on the science side, I didn't do the advanced biomechanics, but um, the setup there, uh, I've seen the labs and it's, it definitely is world class. I mean, it's it's pretty similar to what you kind of see at the Cricket Australia kind of set up um, up in Brisbane. So with the biomechanics machines that they use, I'm kind of fascinated by the the, the psychology side of it. Um, a lot of people sort of talk about cricket being as much a mental game as it is a physical game. And yeah, you know, is there any little bits and tips that you you've learned from your own pers- from that? that you've applied into your own personal game that's that's made you a better player? Yeah, I think this season was um, really big. Um, I think I, I really focused on a couple of uh, mental aspects to my batting. Um, and for me, uh, the kind of couple of things that, that I think about um, is that the confidence within my technique, um, which will then allow me to forget about the, the worries or anything um, that's, that I think that's going to happen that I might get out or I'm not good enough on that shot. So just confidence in my technique and then confidence um, in myself that I've done all the hard work and I've, I've worked hard during the week. Um, so the fact that I actually deserve to go out on the weekend and score runs and I guess just having that positive mindset that, you know, that because I've got a, you know, I, I'm confident in my technique. Um, I'm confident in the process that I go through, um, even breathing, um, just taking a, Breath in and breath out just before the bowl is about to bowl, just to relax yourself. Um, it has made a, a massive impact on, um, yeah, me being able to back myself more um, and just stay in the moment um, in the game. And I think that's definitely led to me batting um, for longer periods of time. Any any sort of twitches you've discovered about, about yourself? I mean, everyone talks about, you know, that the idiosyncrasies of Steve Smith when he when he gets prepared to face a delivery. And even from my side, from myself, I always find myself, you know, you, you sort of going yourself into your zone, always doing sort of one certain thing that you always adjust hands or place place the bat in a certain position before you, you do your, your stroke. Anything you discovered about yourself while going through this program? Um. One thing that, that worked for me was just uh, just murmuring kind of words to myself. So hopefully uh, when the, the keeper didn't think that I was a weirdo um, when he was standing up to the stump with spinners, uh, but just saying to myself, you know, relax and react to the ball um, each time just to make sure I wouldn't lose focus um, and, you know, play a rush shot. Um, but, yeah, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe my bat taps a little bit different in the way I, I, I kind of set up. But apart from that, I think, um, yeah, I guess um, – Batsmen don't really notice their kind of idiosyncrasies until they watch themselves on video. So. Or until a helpful fielder points it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry that the fielders are always on hand to try and pick up something that um, that might be a little bit weird. They think it's they think it's an opportunity before they realise, oh, wait a minute, this actually helps him. Mm. So. Um, let, let's go to the let's go to the cricket side a little uh, a little bit more in depth, and I want to talk about sort of the year leading up to sort of the, the development of the EAP, sort of from the cricket side, but then also with the coaching staff as well uh, as well. For a, a few years, you, you've had the benefit of having um, a great coaching staff um, involving, and the, these these days now involving the likes of Gary Whitaker, Michelle Gosco, and uh, former Australian Test spinner Jason Crazier. Um, you know what a great coaching lineup and the, the in particular the pickup of Michelle to work alongside Jason in developing sort of the women's game as well opening up a new opportunity for women to be able to access the EAP through cricket yeah I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that Michelle has basically driven our, our women's program it, it owes its existence and its um, growth and success to, to her dedication thus far she's been 
a terrific coach for for the young women who've come into our program as we look to build it out and make it an elite athlete pathway for uh, for our club, but also also for UTS. Um, all the names you mentioned. I mean, Jason is a, is a terrific coach. He's a, a terrific bloke and and a and a terrific cricketer. And Gary has a record that speaks for itself. He's a he's a great man who has prospered um, as a head coach in Sydney grade cricket, having won uh, or led teams to, to first grade championships and to and to club championships. You, you you're not wrong. Our, our coaching lineup is. Um, absolutely brilliant and we we can't underestimate sort of the value that has it that came from i guess two of splinters and triple h sports's favorite cricketers and the crossweight brothers and sort of the change in mentality that they brought along in the um in the in this brief period that they spent with the club, but probably one of the most rewarding aspects of having them just you know bringing this new mentality to the club okay look they they have had or they had um Two of the most impactful one-year careers I think I'll probably ever see on a, on a cricket club. Um, they both came in in coaching capacities. Um, they both left significant positive marks on on a wide number of our young players. They set standards. They established um, uh, methods and ways to go about it. And, and they showed a lot of our younger players who were very talented uh, exactly what to do to win. Um and Adam and James were, were a terrific addition to the club. And that was uh, a large part facilitated by UTS coming on board. It's no coincidence the two things happened at the same time. And I guess, Jack, you would have had the, the opportunity sort of just to see the impact that the Crossweights had had, um, you know, maybe for and against them o- over the years. Um, I got to see it certainly from a um, – from the Northern Beaches perspective, the, just the intensity and, the, and this will to win. Um, it's something that's really instilled um, now within UTS North Sydney. You only need to look at the way that first and second grade went for them, wait, went this year and then fifth grade as well, just to see how much of an impact that, that change in attitude and the change in mentality has brought about for the better, for the benefit of the club. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I wasn't, lucky enough to play with any of the crossweights um but you still um you know you, you hear about them almost every week from from various past players or coaches and about the impact that they have or about the way that they bat and um even though i've, I've only met them once um uh you know i i kind of have an understanding about how they went out to play because um their, their style of play has resonated um particularly the batsman has resonated with um the top order at North Sydney. And I think you, you probably saw that last season with, um, you know, our, our top six um, scoring a lot of runs, um, you know, and, and um, particularly each, you know, almost every batsman scoring a hundred in the top six. So that was, um, yeah, the, the impact is still definitely there and it's, it's not, not gone at all. Want to come to the, one of the more um, serious natures of, and we touched on it briefly initially, but let's, I want to sort of delve into it a little bit more. And it's the, the uh, the battling with mental challenges um, that come with the elite um, the elite athletes programs. Earlier this year, we we heard about um, a few stories coming out in terms of elite athletes um, dealing with mental health issues. Um, and you only need to go so far as the the swim the the world of swimming to have seen that, especially with the likes of Susie O'Neill and Lisa Jones telling of um, their stories and their challenges with mental health within an elite program when it came to when it's come to swimming. Uh, how has UTS, I imagine that UTS and uh, and North Sydney are working together very much so to develop this this idea that you know with the stress of being part of the EAP and an elite sports club that mental health for those players is front and centre in amongst for welfare. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! It's such a a delicate balance, particularly when you you're, you're managing um, pure athletes between having a healthy mental approach to your body, your sport, and your training, and that tipping into areas that are just, frankly, not good for people. Um, and the benefit is we have an organisation that studies these things and that can provide the resources to help us make sure that we stay in the right areas for the club and, and make sure that we can look after our players if they do start to have some some difficulties, which, I mean, frankly, pretty much everyone does. I I have. Everyone does over time. So, 
yeah, no one, no one ever gets away with it. And anyone who thinks that um, they can get, they they can avoid mental health issues is quite frankly kidding themselves. Um, mm. It is, it is there in some way, um, shape or form, and certainly Jack, it is experienced in particular at the elite level as you go through some of the, the struggles and the challenges of trying to maintain performances and then also trying to focus on other pressures in life. Yeah, I think you just, uh, um, particularly with cricket and particularly batsmen, I think you just have to look at those, you know, the last year or two and there were so many, um, you know, state players taking a break from the game um, due to mental challenges that, that, that come with um, being an elite athlete. Um, but I think at, at North Sydney, um, we, the support staff is really good. Um, we've got a few assistant coaches that have come in um, the last mm-hmm. year, the like, like um, Ashley Ray, um, have been really good. Um, and there's definitely um, every now and then we'll, we will actually have a chat um, about mental health and, and how everyone's feeling. And it's, um, yeah, always able to reach out um, to anyone really. And I think that just says a lot about the culture at UTS North Sydney. And then on top of that, you've also got um, all the support at UTS through, through the uni as well um, and, and the elite athlete program. So, um, yeah, I think all the players from um, yeah, UTS North Sydney are, are very lucky to, to have such a, a wide range of support base. Um, mm. The next part, um, the next question I wanted to come out was the development of women's cricket. Last year, um, we've seen the, uh, the introduction of a third grade women's team. you your Brewers Shield team, the development of that under Michelle Gosko. Um, where are the ambitions to go next? I imagine you're going to be aiming for a second grade team uh, in the not so distant future, and the continued um, growth in what has been really a revolution in women's sport led in Australia by cricket. Absolutely. I mean, our aim is to fill out the grades and, and to have a full grade program uh, at, at UTS North Sydney. Um, about well, I can tell you, 2015, we, we wrote uh, sort of a, a, an aspirational five-year plan for the club saying, what do we want to have achieved in five years? And one of those uh, one of those main um, targets was to have a women's program launched at the club. And realistically, UTS made it possible. UTS helped us fund the women's program along with uh, a lot of help that came with the ICC uh, World T20 last year. Rounds of funding that was associated with that have made a big difference. And as a result, we've been able to get probably one of the highest credentialed women's coaches in the country in in Michelle Goshko to to run our program and to help develop the the girls in our program to succeed and expand our program at the same time. Um, And I should say as well, um, Todd Harper, who's our, our, our training coordinator, has been instrumental in making sure that the the players on the men's side of our program are um, contributing and, and involved in the coaching on the women's side as well, which is just um, a terrific thing to be able to do to have that uh, sort of um, uh, assistance between the two different programs at the club. He's um, he, he's an evergreen uh, person, um Todd Harper, he's been around the traps. I've seen, I've seen his work. Very determined. Very no nonsense. Absolutely, but he he puts a lot of work in a lot of different places, and it's things like, uh, like that that wouldn't be seen more more widely that do make a big difference within the club itself. Um, but ultimately, we want to have a full women's program um, that allows us to have uh, elite athletes going through UTS and and being able to play their cricket the whole way through the club, and to give the girls growing up around North Sydney at, on the lower North Shore currently a, a pathway to pursue their cricket and we're seeing more and more of them approach us saying can we be a part of it the relationship with uh, with Roseville District Cricket Club the pathway that's been um, developed has been sort of taking baby steps so far but I believe now starting to gain a uh, bear a bit of fruit now yeah I look up we must be in the third or fourth year maybe the fourth year of that partnership um I played for Roseville two seasons ago uh, to to sort of as part of that partnership and and they're terrific terrific blokes um, John Viviano and Rid Bircham and all the guys at Roseville um, have been crucial in allowing our younger players if they're not quite in into fifth grade level to be able to play meaningful games on turf for club championship points games that matter. Uh, and I think that actually fed into some of our fifth grade success last year is the fact that 
our young players come from playing adult cricket for club championship points into our fifth grade team ready to do the same thing for our club uh, and I think our, our relationship with Roseville has been um, growing stronger and stronger over the last yeah, three, four years. And I've, and I've played a cu- against a couple of them throughout my time. I think um, one of your old mates, Richard High, has um, been doing a very good job with bringing some of those kids through in the lower grades. And if they need an example of how to look after yourself physically, Richard's a fine one. He's, uh, he's, he's a well-tuned athlete still, Richard, and he's a, he's a lovely guy. A, very, a lovely guy in this, and a, and still at his age, I think he's what he'd be close to fifty, wouldn't he? He still bats very well. I, I yeah, I mean you say that it's shocking. I, I wouldn't imagine that looking at him, but you're probably right. Yeah. So um, look, what we've got is, I guess it, it feels like a bit of a, re- a revolution or a new way of doing of how cricket clubs can really operate in a, in a different model to be able to bring along the very best in, in talent. And Jack, um, this is a program unlike anything that, that exists within the realms of cricket. Indeed, you could almost say within any realms of the major sporting codes within Australia. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I think it's, it is probably the reason that, um, I have come to North Sydney last year, you know, that it was, um, yeah, so I was very lucky to have the UTS had that partnership um, with North Sydney. And, yeah, I mean, Fudge, I think, um, being kind of the, the mediator between UTS and North Sydney, um, being, like, uh, involved on both sides, I think he's um, definitely the right man for the job. And, um, I mean, you've seen it, um, you know, there's a, a couple of players, particularly for our PG side, I think that's, a massive reason for the success when you see players come over from, from that are studying at UTS come and play for North Sydney, and I think it's only that the program's only going to benefit us more and more in the long run. I think you'll see a lot of success coming through. And I guess you'll also see as part of it as well, because obviously with a lot of these uni- with a lot of the universities, you do have kids from from the country coming out here and having the opportunity to be able to go straight into a New South Wales Premier Cricket Club just opens up new avenues of opportunities for these for these kids who wouldn't normally get the chance to play unless they finished their studies on their own and then had to make it on make it on their own somewhere else at a, at a club they've got the opportunity to do that now via UTS yeah very true uh, I mean the the club already has a, a long history with um, with uh, highly successful country players coming down and, and and being a part of the club it's a it's a bit of the in in the core DNA of the club, given how how small our, our local footprint is, we've often relied on on high quality country players and the ability to have a country lad come down or 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 a country girl come down and play for the club and pursue their studies gives them just that extra bit of uh, of ballast and and balance in their lives. It's it's a great opportunity for them we, and for the club. We only need to look at um one of one of the players from your your team of the um, team of the decade. Um, your former wicketkeeper Jay Lenton, obviously a product of Tookley, um, yeah. and probably one of the nicest guys you'll meet on um, in New South Wales Premier Cricket. Uh, a, a terrific fellow and a terrific wicketkeeper. And uh, and Dan Hughes was was similar. Dan Hughes came down from the country to play for for North Sydney. So it, it's been a core part of of what the club's done for a long time. It's coming. We're coming up to the end of the show very quickly, but we can't. Um, let it go without having just a, just a little bit of fun with this. So um, a, ver- a very quick opportunity here, Jack, to really tell us a, a bit of the sort of the, the funniest side of what it's been like now at um, at UTS. We know that we we know that with some of the players that have come along, um, they're sort of very intense and very very focused. And then you've had a couple of players come through. One, I think, S. Alexander comes to mind, who is known to be a Bit of a character. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, he would. He's probably. Um, I mean, you could say that the Uni Games captain of UTS. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> a, a couple of um, great performances there. Um, but he's. Yeah, he's he's fantastic for the club. I mean, um, the particularly organising uh, all the social events. Um, it's definitely a lot of fun um, to. For him to organise to get all the support down, I think um, at the PG semi-final when we were playing our local rivals, Gordon, I think we had an extra man on the field due to um, 
So you know, he's kind of organising everyone to come down. Um, he's, an extra, yeah. he's an extra man on his own normally, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he definitely, um, yeah, makes training definitely very fun. Um, and yeah, uh, I've played one game with him. Um, and yeah, it's definitely uh, a lot of fun to be out with him uh, on the field. And and sort of from the um, from the more experienced side, Rob. Uh, obviously, the Aiken boys um, still going around. We had the the great opportunity to interview Rob Aiken when he brought up a thick. What was it? His one thousandth game of New South Wales Premier Cricket. Uh, I think it was his his four seventy third when he took the record. The four seventy uh, yeah the four seventy third. Apologies, yes. Four seventy two, four seventy three. He's he's just a, a legend of a man, Rob Aitken. Um, Rob, Rob, James, and Glenn, and I've played cricket um, with all of them. Are just terrific men to have in your dressing room, leading your young players, setting standards, and the fact that all three of them are playing in—I mean, I'm pretty sure they will be the three oldest players playing at the club next year. Um, they just love cricket for cricket, and, and I don't really know if there's a better way to, to to play your cricket than purely because you love it. Um, and for Rob to, to achieve that record last year is one that I just I don't see that record ever being broken, to be honest. Um, and it's it's a reflection of his um, his skill and his endurance that he's been able to, to have a career that's been so successful for so long. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to stumps of this um, episode of Splinters and just a real, I guess you could say, just a taste of, of the the resurrection of the famous bear crest that has been involved with um, with cricket over the last, I would say, 100 years plus that we've seen with with this competition. It is a credit really to the club that they that their partnership with UTS has really taken the the club taken the club to the next level and given um, young adults the opportunity to be able to expand on a sporting and an academic. Um, uh, aspect. So I want to thank my uh, two guests joining us here. First off, Rob Lavery, thank you very much. And certainly at some point when the Kingsgrove T20 Cup um, starts up again, we certainly will be looking forward to uh, making our presence known down at um, the famous picket fence of North Sydney Oval. Thanks, Anthony. And and thanks to, to Triple H and to the station for providing the support you had the last couple of years. We love having you guys down to cover our games. It, it gives it a, a really fantastic feel. Well, we can we can only we can only say that that is probably in spite of a few of the um, of the panel members who usually go down to broadcast there, uh, myself included. So, um, but we we appreciate having having the support of the club itself, and certainly looking forward to it. Jack James, um, thank you so much for your time. Um, as I said, the 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 offer is there if you ever wanted to get involved in sports media for the future. You're more than welcome to join the show on a on a semi regular basis to cut your teeth in radio. Thank you very much. And, yeah, I might take you up on that offer. It's always um, a lot of fun uh, coming on. So I think this is my second time um, being involved. And, yeah, love it. So thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, full time here on Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, available for download from podcast.com, Apple Store, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. On behalf of Rob Lavery, Jack James, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. <laughs>